Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Your only podcast. Forever and ever. Amen. This week, we are returning once again to the ever-giving wellspring that is the Sailor's Word Book, an alphabetical digest of nautical terms, including some more especially military and scientific, but useful to seamen, as well as archaisms of early voyagers, etc., by the late Admiral W.H. Smith with a Y, revised for the press by Vice Admiral Sir E. Belcher, published 1867. Why are we doing this? Maybe it's because we live in the second largest fishing port in the United States. Maybe it's because we're just gay for boats. Maybe it's Maybelline. It's almost certainly not Maybelline, but that is, <laughs> I guess, within the realm of possibility. It would be really fun to go around the harbor talking like this. Just using the vocabulary we learned from this book. <laughs> would, yeah, I would love to just do it until one of the, like, one of the park rangers who care about the history pickup. Get shoved off the dock into the ocean, speed run any percent complete. Yeah, I want to get slam dunked into the ocean. <laughs> We will not be reading the entire book on air because many entries are technical and or boring. Also, it's over 300,000 words long. However, some entries are too good not to share, such as these under the heading of I, beginning with Ice Bound. Oh, well, that's easy. Is it? Well, yeah, that's what happened to the Terror. That and several other things did happen to the Terror, absolutely. Well, I mean, that was the first (laughs) thing that happened to the Terror, though. And the worst thing. Indeed, to be icebound is to be a vessel so surrounded by ice as to be prevented from proceeding on her voyage, which happened to most of the wooden ships who decided to enter the Arctic Circle. Yeah, yeah, the terror just had the worst outcome, but it happened to a lot of ships. It happened, at one point, to the entire whaling fleet of New Bedford. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Everyone in the same winter decided, now we can stay up north for a little longer, and then quickly found out that no. No, you can't. Good luck. Well, it wasn't that, was that the one where there weren't any, like, real casualties? Yeah, that was the one where, like, miraculously just this once everybody lives, which is crazy. Yeah, I just think it, like, if I got stuck in the Arctic Circle in a wooden boat, I would live just to clown on the HMS Terror and... <laughs> the Erebus? The other guy who died up there, the Erebus, yeah. <laughs> just to really stick it to the polar explorers. I would, like, literally, like, carve a rock that said, like, rip to you but I'm different. (laughs) (laughs) Just carve it right into the ice. Think of what a motivator that would be to survive. (laughs) I'm also just imagining how many of New Bedford's whalemen were taken directly from the Azores, (laughs) which is a chain of tropical islands in the Atlantic. Hell yeah. Where it's like volcanic and beautiful and green and lush and warm and balmy and peaceful, apart from the intermittent volcanic eruptions. And then you get on a boat because they're like, do you want a job and to not be on this island anymore? And then the boat takes you into the Arctic Circle. (laughs) Gets stuck there. And gets stuck there. (laughs) I'm just picturing like one of my uncles just going up on board going, ah, it's the frio. Next up is Ice Master. Wasn't that the name of the that the lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey went by? You're thinking of Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. Oh, okay. Which is close. And I hate that I know that offhand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to know how the Twilight fandom spawned Fifty Shades of Grey? Come find me. I'll tell you. Unprompted. Yeah. (laughs) Come find me. I'll be in the back of the fucking Denny's. Come get me. I got brass knucks and a copy of the original manuscript. (laughs) 
An ice master is a pilot or man of experience for the Arctic Sea. Oh, that makes sense. It does, however, sound like some kind of ice wizard. It sounds really fucking cool. Idler. That's a guy who's not working. Get back to work. It's a free you. Fast to ball. Will you be doing the rest of this episode in the character of one of your whaling ancestors? Yeah, in the, I am I am doing this as the character of uh, my uncle said Afin and a hundred years ago, and it's very cold. <laughs> An idler is a general designation for all those on board a ship of war who, from being liable to constant day duty, are not subjected to keep the night watch, but must go on deck if all hands are called during the night. Surgeons, marine officers, paymasters, and the civil department are also thus denominated. Oh, okay, so this is like a name that the active sailors who did the night watch had for these people. Yes. Impossible. Well, you can't. Non pos. It's for you. A hateful word generally supplanted among good seamen by will try. Oh, 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 oh that's a funny little jape. He's having a little joke he is. He's having a little laugh. All right. In the wind. Does that mean that the boat is moving because the wind is up? Kind of. Yay! The state of a vessel when thrown with her head into the wind, but not quite all in the wind. It is figuratively used for being nearly intoxicated. Oh. Oh, like sheets to the wind and stuff. Indeed, yes. Irish horse. (laughs) That's uh, that's what they used to call my grandma. I was gonna say, (laughs) speaking of your ancestry... Like, the most I ever hear about an Irish horse is that it's constantly trying to drown children. Oh, like a Kelpie. Yeah. I see what you've done here. The Irish have horses? Well, they must have, or they wouldn't have had Kelpie stories. Yes. Yes, do the Irish have horses? <laughs> they were an island, too. <laughs> Talking about more in touch with one culture than the other, you could tell. One of these is more connected to your everyday existence than the other. Start reading some Samuel Beckett. Start reading some Oscar Wilde. In this context, Irish horse is old salt beef. Hence the sailor's address to his salt beef. Salt horse, salt horse, what brought you here? You've carried turf for many a year. From Dublin Quay to Ballyac, you've carried turf upon your back, etc. Imagine being on ships so long that you get bored enough to write a sonnet for your salt beef. Well, I guess maybe they just have the music in their heart that day, but yeah, it's pretty bored. <laughs> I'm actually, like, a little bit concerned about how beef turned into horse. I think the idea is that after an Irish horse gets worked to death, it gets sold to the Navy as quote-unquote beef. Oh, like, okay. I guess I would write a little song for it, too. Iron sick. Oh, uh, well, I can't stop eating the goddamn nails. My tummy hurts. (laughs) You've got pica so bad you're eating entire iron nails? Yeah, the Irish horse ain't gonna get me, though, is the thing. Okay, so the cold iron of the nails you're eating because of your pica is going to protect you from the Irish horse, which is in fact a kelpie? Yeah, yeah, because they want to eat your guts, right? But I filled it with iron, which notably mysterious creatures hate. Yes, the fae cannot abide iron, (laughs) so... I'll still die, but it will not have the joy of it eating my innards. You'll die, again, from the entire whole nails you've consumed. No, it's fine. You can eat, like, way weirder stuff and live. They're so pointy, D. <laughs> They're so pointy. Just pinch them in half. <laughs> well, according to the sailor's wordbook, iron sick means the condition of vessels when the ironwork becomes loose in the timbers from corrosion by gallic acid and the specks or sheathing nails are eaten away by rust oh that's a very fucking cool way to refer to that problem i know right 
so poetical on the sea. It reminds me of the fact that I refer to damaged celluloid as celluloid sickness. Or glass sickness, as we learned in our marble episode. Yeah, that's right. Glass gets sick? Gets down with a sickness. Isle of Wright Parson. Isle of Wright Parson? That's Isle of Wright with Wright spelled with a W. And Parson as in a clergyman. That's where Mr. Wright Parson lives. It is a cormorant. What? That's a lot of words to describe a cormorant. I think because of its plumage and its upright posture, they're comparing it to a clergyman. And you find these birds often on the Isle of Wright. Oh. Kind of like how a puffin's just wearing a little tuxedo. That's true. Puffins are a little bit too uh, devil-may-care for me to call them a parson, though. Plus, you know, the beaks fall off every year. You thought you'd get through this episode without a reminder. You were wrong. I actually did, yeah. (laughs) I got a little edgy when birds were mentioned, because I was like, oh no. Talking about seabirds again. (laughs) Oh no, he's gonna bring up puffin beaks again. He's gonna talk about the puffins. (laughs) And with that, we leave the letter I behind. Aye, aye. Much like in Ayn Rand's Anthem. What? The entire plot of that book is the pronoun I is banned because you're only allowed to think of yourself as part of the collective. And it's basically just one man talking to himself until he rediscovers the pronoun I. Listen. It's easily one of the books I've read of all time. I know that you're not supposed to discourage (laughs) people from learning and growing, but like maybe just miss the whole Ayn Rand oeuvre, yeah? (laughs) Maybe just don't. (laughs) Like, love yourself. But D, I am John Galt. <laughs> not go get back in that fountainhead. <laughs> Putting you under the water, fixing this. Back in the fountain with you. <laughs> Sources for this episode include my uncle Cetaphine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also the sailor's word book. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr on antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked hearing me play act as one of my ancestors trapped in the ice, (laughs) feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. I hope he gets better soon, you might say. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where we are chapter by chapter every week reading and reviewing the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, or the Feast of Blood, which has a shocking amount of nautical content for a book that purports to be about a vampire. Yeah, it really loves the sailor. Also, side note, uh, the Etsy has been updated. There's a lot of clowns, so please get them out of my house if you're interested. And you can check that out at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. And I'm not kidding. One of them is musical and has taken to playing at random hours, so I think it might be, like, for real haunted. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. That's right. Uh, Wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, love. Almost! You're almost there! (laughs) Do you remember your line? I do, yeah. Are you going to say it, though? Yes. Okay. When, though? Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were going to start again from the top. No. No, I'm keeping this in. Oh, okay. This is too good. <laughs> so much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. Love. Au revoir. <laughs>